At Farmers Insurance, we know that a bundle of joy can sound like many different things. But to us, a bundle of joy sounds a little more like this. Because we know when you bundle your home and auto insurance with Farmers, you could save an average of 20%. Really? My bundle of joy just makes a lot of drool. Oh, the joys of parenthood. Visit Farmers.com or call 1-800-FARMERS to get a quote today. We are Farmers. Bum, 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 bum. Reported 2018 nationwide average savings underwritten by Farmers Truck Fire Insurance Exchanges and Affiliates. Products not available in every state. We have episode 16. Uh, we just, sure. <laughs> I, yeah. 17. Well, we're discussing episode 17. Yes. Discussing episode 17, uh, Bad Reputation. It premiered May 4th. May the 4th be with you. Uh, 2010. It was directed by Elodie Keene, our only female director for season one, if, if you guys remember. And written by Ian Brennan, it had 11.6 million viewers when it was when it first aired uh, to mixed reviews, which I think our our own thoughts will will reflect on that. Maybe one side more than the other with the mixed reviews. Um, one thing I do want to note because it it amused the crap out of me when I when I read it. Um, Entertainment Weekly praised. Uh, ice Ice Baby. Discuss. Uh, no. <laughs> no. Hard. No. Hard no. Yeah, hard no. Hard pass. Hard pass. Um, so yeah, I realized that was a curveball. I just like literally logged <laughs> into into the middle of our, of our discussion. But reading that made me go, oh, okay. But uh, but yeah, so our thoughts on, on Ice Ice Baby, uh, our thoughts on shoe wrapping, our thoughts on anything in general related to vanilla or ice or babies. I'm I'm endlessly fascinated by how these like older professional viewers uh, give praise to the shoe wrapping scenes. Like more too often, the the critics are like, oh, you know, he's a it's a fun song. He's doing a good job on it. Like, are are you just reliving your own sad white male fantasies about being a cool rapper? Is that what's happening here? Because it's not. I just didn't need another shoe rapping. That there was no need for this. And Ice Ice Baby is not me... even a good song. It's not even. In, it's not even a good song. It it makes me. It makes me when they when they go. You know, great job by um, a great job on the on the vanilla ice 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 baby. He did a great job. It just mentally, it's like insert Thor gift. But is he though? Yeah. Did he yeah. do a good job? It's like it's like a mental it's like a mental gif running through my head right there. Um, despite obviously my own my own thoughts on shoe, which I'm sure we are well aware. New viewers, new listeners, new people to the pod, I don't like shoe. FYI. If you are jumping Shocking. in on this episode, let me jumping, catch you up to speed. If you're jumping in <laughs> on this episode, please go back to one of the earlier ones, because this is not the episode <laughs> to jump in on. <laughs> 
this is not the episode you want to jump in on guys like even just um, go back to the like home or something or one of the better glee episodes because yeah if this is the well. one you want to start with we have questions yeah yeah <laughs> we have thoughts don't um, start here yeah, and no. don't stop hey, believing I... either <laughs> hmm but yeah, so mixed reviews. Um, some people thought it was a return to form after some disappointing episodes, which I think is interesting because the last couple episodes we've kind of liked. Like we, yeah. we liked parts of Home and, that, and previous episodes. Saying that this episode returns to form begs the question, what do they think the form of Glee is? Like what is their their ultimate what episode? Is their form? What, what is What is their like yeah what do they want out of an episode what is that critic like you know what the best in, in, Glee episode is bad, bad white guy rapping apparently yeah, white, white guy <laughs> rapping is all i want he wants six songs and a movie of shoe rapping and not just and not just white guy rapping it's the adult rapping with the kids yeah because i will give i will give a pass to Artie rapping because i mean not a big pass but a little pass because he was at least like student i don't give a pass to the adult rapping what the adult white man rapping i don't give a pass to that but yeah, yeah it, it does beg the question of do we want to return to form what right. is the form is that, yeah. is that a good thing and apparently some people think it is what and is the Plantonian form of glee and at, and at episode 16 are we or 17 i guess i should say do we have a form like uh yeah i think have we have been on long enough to have a form I think so. I think there are some episodes that feel, I think we've mentioned a couple episodes that feel like, yes, this is a Glee episode. Like, um, oh, was it Wheels, maybe? Or some of them do feel like a quintessential Glee. I feel like they all blur episode. together at this point. They really do, which I, I was a little surprised. Like, I thought doing this rewatch, I was gonna feel like, okay, I'm I'm getting a better sense of it now. Like, the second time through, I'm more focused. I'm actually sometimes really paying attention to the episode. Not always, because <laughs> like I just tune out when she starts rapping. But like I'm gonna, I'm Naturally. gonna, I'm getting, I'm gonna get like a better sense watching them more closely together instead of like month long breaks or whatever the fuck I'm doing normally. But yeah, they still blur together, which is interesting. And it's a either the episodes are so similar week to week that there's nothing that really sets them apart or they're so random that you can't, your brain can't form them individually. Like, oh, did that happen last week or two weeks ago? Because I don't fucking know. Is it season three, four? Who knows? Who cares? Well, that also begs the question, is there a difference between a formula versus formulaic? Because I would say there are episodes that are that are clearly formulaic in how they and how they um approach things and that we got a lot of repeat of okay we're doing this again we're doing this mm -hmm. again but does that mean that we have a formula or are we just reinventing the wheel i think there's some glee formula i think there's like the opening monologue that sets like the opening um voiceover that sets the mm -hmm. theme and then the it's basically like the cold open and then you've got your first performance that's like someone jumping into shoes speech in the glee club 
to sing a song that may or may not have anything to do with the rest of the episode. And then you like fire through your B and C plots and then you sing some more songs and then you have like your wrap up <laughs> of this is what we talked about in this episode. There's, 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 today four, on. yeah, today on Glee we talked. So there's, there's formula to these episodes and, you know, very few of them break the mold, you know, that I'm trying to think, and this is excluding season six. Cause like I haven't watched it and not trying to, <laughs> Not trying to spoil because we don't want to do that, but I I can't think of an episode that really goes beyond the general formula. There's no like, you know how, yeah. There's no episode that really stands out as like, oh, that was a totally different episode of Glee. I could just be blanking on it, or maybe I didn't see it. That could be a possibility. Hmm. <laughs> so season six, all of season six, <laughs> all of season six was different. Turns out we just aren't aware that season six is like a 22 minute sitcom in French. It broke the mold. I mean, honestly, season six could have like the key to like all the problems of the universe, and we'd just be like, um, but but Karofsky was there. I know. (laughs) It it was set in Russia, it was done in French, it solved all the problems of the universe. Yeah. We just didn't care. Literally, Karofsky could be like, here is how you solve time travel and like get and faster than light speed, uh, you know, quantum thrust, thrust, uh, you know, in spaceships. And we'd be like, yeah, no, pass. And not, like, not necessary. And like, maybe season six was the warning against the rise of Trumpism. And if we'd only paid attention, we would have seen it coming in enough time <laughs> to stop it. And it's because of Karofsky. Karofsky represented the Glee or the uh, the Trump voters. We could have changed, and we just didn't see it coming. But I mean, it was Karofsky. Oh. <laughs> Little did yeah. we know, Ryan Murphy buried the answer to all of our societal issues and warned us of the upcoming struggles. But he fucking put it in season six. But he put it in season six, so there was no way. The fuck you, dude, because we weren't gonna watch it. Yeah. yeah. The side note, we will when we have to. There may be heavy imbibing, but we will. Uh, I'm not going to make that promise. That's, that's the point at which we're going to launch our Patreon to yeah. support the group therapy that we're going to need. Yeah, yeah. Emily, yeah, you, Emily you we, have, we have time. We have time. <laughs> we can make this promise. It's fine. Okay, okay, okay. That's true. It's, it's a ways off. <laughs> So we got we got okay, time so, to to force myself into season six. I mean, we may all develop a we only need therapy and like to go to AA uh, based off of it. But like, how, know, I already have a therapist. It. How am I supposed to tell her like, look, in today's session we need to talk about how I need to watch an episode of TV, but I can't because it sucks. You just have to like have a double like double therapy sessions. Mm-hmm. Like half of them are for like season sex and the other half of them are for like everything else in the world yeah the rest of my problems cheat on your therapist with another therapist be like i believe <laughs> so far in the closet in my life that yeah. i need a separate therapist <laughs> i cannot admit this to this therapist yeah i i can tell her everything else but i can't tell her this but i can't but i won't do that but i won't do that wow talk about spoiling an episode here <laughs> Sorry, um, we liter- we got way off the path. Sorry, guys. 
Um, we have notes what happens and everything. When I, <laughs> when I when I lob in a uh, a surprise on that. So I guess reeling it back a little bit. Okay. We've got it. We've got a couple. Yeah, we've got a couple of uh, plot plot lines here. We've got Sue's video in the glist. We've got Stu and his whatever the fuck. Literally, I I I literally tune out when anything happens to Stu. But his shit. We've got Stu and his shit. And then we've got Run Joey Run. Yeah. And that's a whole. It's a whole plot line. So let's jump in on the one that I'm I, I have least issues with question mark. <laughs> that's, that's that's not true. I have issues with all of them. Um, but let's jump in with Sue's video, the glist, that whole thing. Um, so so Kurt steals um, a workout video, or not really a workout video, but like Sue's video uh, of of doing a physical from Olivia Newton John puts it up out there. And in retaliation, Sue releases the glist. Um, yes. That ha- so that that's kind of setting the scene here. Well, uh, what's her face actually makes the the glist. Quinn, yeah, yeah, yeah. But uh, but Sue, right. yeah. Um, my so my first thought when this started with them sitting around a laptop laughing at somebody, I was like, didn't we just have a number of episodes about how bad bullying is? And here they are act like cyber bullying Sue. And it's not even a question about whether or not someone deserves it. It's just like, didn't did the show just like the, the writing of the show, didn't they just tell the audience that bullying is bad? And now their key characters are, I hate to use this word, but gleefully bullying somebody else. Out. And I was like, is this, I know, but it's the right word. It's like, is this, what, did they just forget that they spent all that time on bullying? Or is it okay because it's Sue? Or is it just funny because the video of her dancing? Which, why would she record that? Like, yeah, I was like, but- they teach they teach online bullying like Melania Trump teaches online bullying. <laughs> really? Be better. Be better, Glee Club. Yeah, really though. Like these are the most shit on people allegedly in the school, and they're just gonna turn around and do it to somebody else. Again, like, does Sue have it coming? Like nobody has it coming except like Trump and his whole family, but. Except for the uh, aforementioned Melania and, and, and family, but yeah. Every Republican on the planet, but like... But besides that. Yeah, besides those people, it just seems mean in a way that you would think the Glee Club should have learned by now is bad. I think we're supposed to feel like Sue has it coming, and we're not supposed to feel bad. And even though it is literally antithetical of what they have just talked about we're not supposed to care because it's sue so therefore it's okay yeah and that's how i took it i just i agree with you like i feel it's very literally we just talked about it's not okay for anybody but we're gonna say but it's okay because it's her um yeah i i feel like it's it's another one of those we need we need um spin the wheel and we're going to come up with a reason why we're going to make fun of Sue. Yeah. And um, we're just going to go with it. 
despite the fact that it doesn't necessarily fit in with everything else we've said. Yep. Um, what do we think about Kurt being the one to steal the video and put it up there? I, uh, I think again that a character who's used to being shit on would have some empathy and yes, not they, do they it. They really, really wrote Kurt as unempathetic in most situations in this season. Yeah. Which I guess, I guess that you have to look at Kurt as someone who lacks empathy, which is kind of hard to do. And I'm, I'm not sure why, like it, maybe because he's a main character and they're all framed as being the good guys with like capital G's. So they're not, they're not really written as complicated in a way that would make it understandable that he lacks empathy for being, for, you know, having trauma in his life and he's unable to break past those mental barriers and see people as individuals outside of himself. But he's not, he's written as like a good guy, except for like Mandy said, like he is a dick a lot of this season. Mm -hmm. So maybe they did. And then I can't tell. Yeah. I can't tell if the writing is meant to then say, uh, like, Kurt does this because he's been the low man on the totem pole. He's trying to, to, mm-hmm. you know, get some power back by being above somebody else. Or if it's just they spun the wheel and they picked Kurt. I don't know. I can't tell. I, I hear you on the not being able to tell between, like, the, the rotating wheel of who's, who's a dick today. Um, but I, did, I do take a lot of Kurt's. Um, characterization in season one as somebody who has been shit on and is trying to somehow get like he's trying to climb up the social ladder so he's less shit on and in his younger time and in this period of time that literally means shitting on somebody else and it's part of our I think our evolution as people as we get older that we realize, oh, I don't have to do that to people to, you know, to to feel better about myself or to move myself um, in the in the school hierarchy or the social hierarchy. But I feel like at, at his age, it is a very black and white perspective. Yeah. It's either you're getting shit on or you're not. So if for me to not be shit on, I have to do it to somebody else. Like I said, yeah. that's a very forgiving read of this characterization, where it really could literally just be like spin a wheel. Um, but that's how I read it, and that's why I go, cool, yeah, he is a dick, but this is why he is a dick this this season. And we start to see a little bit more behind him in later seasons, and, and he starts to grow as a character. That's how I like to think of it. That does not necessarily mean that's how it's like that, that's the reason but they had behind things um yeah, how, it, it, how also, it actually goes right exactly it also gives me a reason to you know look at all of if, if i can throw it back to thick i can and i will huh. but it makes me look at all of those uh cheerio kurt fix where he's like the like i have to be a cheerio to and i have to maintain my status and i'm like yep there is there is the characterization for that like that, that, like that Cheerio Kurt, where I, I just, I cannot, or even like Skank Kurt, where he's like, I can't, 
lose my my reputation there is there is the kernel of canon that that uh explains that 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 characterization um this is this has been a psa for me to say dear uh dear fic writers i enjoy cheerio kurt and skank kurt quite a lot um would love to read more thank you <laughs> love math thank you and goodbye <laughs> yeah so um so kurt releases the video he's a dick as he has shown throughout the season give or take a few times when he's not been a dick usually in relation to bert um yeah. now one of the things that i find i guess i'm going to stick i'm going to stick on the the sue path real quick before jumping over to the glyph. um sue getting made fun of by her coworkers specifically for how she looks and her physical appearance uh yeah um, okay, I'm not going to say that 30 and 40 and 50 year old, I don't really know what age range they're hitting for Sue here, but so we're, let's say like late 30s, early 40s. Um, I'm sure there are people in, in that age range that do make fun of other people for physical appearance, but like, I would like to say most of us have moved on past that, haven't we? Like we're no longer in high school? Good. Doesn't seem to be the case for some people in the fandom. Whatever do you mean? <laughs> I have no idea. <sighs> you should be moving past those sorts of grade okay, level. Let insult. me let me rephrase. At the <laughs> late thirties, early forties stage of our life, shouldn't we all be past the point of making fun of somebody for their physical appearance? We should like literally be. yes. You could ridicule Sue for a lot of things. You're yes. gonna go after her appearance, and also I I don't know I just consider that to be a a weird, the lowest um, form of insult. Yeah, but also like I don't know a workplace that literally makes fun of phys people's physical appearance. Maybe I've had a maybe I've been lucky with where I've worked and what I've worked with, but like, not I I have a hard time jumping to that, and part of its age. I expect them to do more. I expect them to be better. I expect them to be better too. Um, but apparently not. You know, I, I, I'm not saying that teachers are perfect or infallible. They're not. Some are terrible. But it would have been nice for the show to like, con to just continue to show teachers in a positive light. Because teachers do get, they're not, they're, they're underpaid. They're overworked. They have to deal with children and parents and both are terrible. Uh, it would have been nice to have shown her like her cohort, the teachers of this high school, to be upstanding, decent, solid people, not teenagers themselves. Like there's a different show. Exactly. There, yeah. You know, there's there's a different show in there where you spend more time with the other teachers at McKinley, and their stories mirror the stories of the students, right? Like instead of it being Shu and the Glee Club and nobody else, it's a group of teachers trying to figure their lives out mirrored by the group of teenagers trying to figure their lives out at different stages. That's another show. So all we see of the teachers is this moment in the cafeteria or well, I guess their, their lounge. Mm -hmm. We don't know anything about them. We don't know who they are. We don't know their names, but all we see are them laughing at a coworker. And that just immediately makes you think, or I guess me, maybe other people thought it was funny. 
uh, that they're assholes. And I don't, we don't need that mm-hmm. in the show. We need more adults who are upstanding. Glee also has a really bad habit of trying to take characters and showing them being callous and cruel in one episode and then expecting them to come off as sympathetic when it's convenient. Yeah. Which happens more, I, I won't go into like future storylines, it happens more with teacher and adult characters down the line, but mm-hmm. they're definitely trying to like, actually trying is not the right word. They're not trying. It's just inconsistent characterization. Yeah, it's whatever, whatever feeds the need of the scene. And I think there's a lot that can be said um, for a story uh, or, a, or a show that parallels um, what kids are going through, what adults are going through, or the, you know what the teachers and what the students are going through, and how they're similar, and how it's like, as, as, as humans, we struggle with the same thing, no matter what age we are, no matter where we are in life. We all have similar struggles. It's how you deal with them and it's how you, you know, how you grow and how you learn and how and who you have around you that help you get through those. And I think there's a lot that can be said for it. Like, hey, as a teenager, things are kind of fucked up and emotional and you may not totally have a grasp on it. And guess what? You may not as an adult either, but here are how things are different and here is how you can react to them differently and how you can as like a a friend or just how things do get better, but we do, we do still struggle with the same things. And I I think that Sorry, go ahead. Oh, no, I was going to say, and I think that there's a lot that we could learn from with that. And that may be what they were trying to do with a lot of the parallel storylines, but obviously that's not what we got. I'm done now. What were you going to say, Mandy? Uh, I was just going to say this whole conversation makes me really wish that there were a crossover between Boston Public and Glee. <laughs> I, I don't know if, if either of you ever watched Boston Public. Some of it, yeah. But obviously Terry Schuster was on the show and mm. was fantastic. Okay, I, I'm going to say this. As someone who watched it when it was on the air and has not seen it since, and my memories may be faulty, but she was a fantastic teacher <laughs> who tried to relate to her students, even though she was currently an adult trying to get her own shit together. There we go. Like, you, as I you were like describing you that, I was like, that. man, that that's actually what Boston Public tried to do, and <laughs> what just Gilson deserved better. I realized Boston Public came before Glee, but what if Boston Public is where Terry Schuster went? Like... <laughs> What if she, after she left you, she goes, you know, and she reflected on things and she had this thought, like, I, I think there's something there to helping, helping kids. And maybe, and I think she was do like, he was doing it wrong, but I think I know the right way to do it. Maybe, maybe that's what Terry went to go do. I'll take it. I'll take yeah, it. Yeah. I, I'm, yeah, yeah. Or conversely, maybe that's why she was just really pissed that Will spent all the time with the kids. Because she was like, fuck, I tried this. It didn't fucking work, okay? I will also accept that. Both are good. Both are true. Both are acceptable. For the Glee twist, she decides to take the fact that she's been married to a teacher for a few years and use that to pretend that she's a teacher herself, but accidentally does it better than she (laughs) does. And has a long career. Yeah, yeah, pretty much. I'm in. That one is it. Okay, so um, before jumping into Sue and Emma, because that'll lead into another plot line, um, let's let's briefly go back to the glyph and talk about that. 
and uh, I know Quinn made it. Yeah. But Sue released it. Um, yeah. There's a lot she, to unpack with the glyph. So where do we want to start, ladies? Would you say that she released the memo in this time of Trump? No, I fucking wouldn't. Okay. But okay. <laughs> uh, I just think it's a weird, it's a weird thing. Like, I can't, I, I was very unaware of like my high school surroundings because I just didn't care right but I can't imagine something like this happening in my high school and anyone taking it seriously like and again maybe I just went to the high school that I went to or I really was just so unaware of like actual social circles because I wasn't really part of any of them Mm -hmm. because you know I had schoolwork to do hello what the, shit going on. what the fuck else am I doing in this high school? I'm not here to have fun. I'm here to get out of it. Uh, I just can't imagine someone... I can imagine... I guess I can imagine someone doing it, but nobody taking it seriously to the point where it mattered. Or, like, it would be a joke among friends that mm-hmm. other people noticed, but no one really... Uh, yeah, no one really took seriously. And it... That's not what happens here (laughs) like people are into it or you know quinn thought it would actually do something for her and it you know at least it's in character for quinn to still care about her popularity right like that at least Mm -hmm. uh is canonical and i accept that she would do this it just Mm -hmm. watching it i'm just like oh god kids are stupid i question i question the can can a canonical can sure and Canonical. is that a word uh it is maybe if we'd all gone to high school better you know what i consider if you understand what i'm saying when i say a word that means it's a word so Good therefore enough. canonicalness is a word all um right. okay with it i question the canonicalness of of it being in character for quinn i feel like it it would be episode previously mm, but mm-hmm. subsequent episodes have shown her to like she she's like it's like once she's become pregnant it, they're trying to show that she's turning over a leaf and things are changing for her and things are different so i i start to question i'm like yeah i can kind of see that but i but like it's also kind of warring with the idea that they've been pushing forward that she's um, more pro feminist, and maybe right. it's the maybe it's the the desire I have to have somebody in the in the Sam show, and preferably Quinn because I do like her character uh, for the most part, and having her be the pro uh, radical feminist that wouldn't be like I'm going to release a a list uh, or I'm going to put together a list of who's you know who's done what because let's be honest the only people that that's really going to hurt are girls. Yeah, it is. Guys, uh, guys aren't going to be hurt by that. <laughs> yeah, none of this is going to matter to the guys. Like, I mean, in some cases, that can, like, elevate a dude's status. So, like, really, when you break it down, releasing a list of of sexual exploits of the Glee Club is really going to be only hurting her fellow women. And that's where I just start to go, yeah, but I thought you were trying to show her as this. Are, is this a case of um, teenagers have 
different thoughts are like they, they're very fickle. They go back and forth, and she's just she wants to be this, but she can't help but um, also ha- have that desire to be have that belonging that she's used to, and so therefore she's conflicted, and sometimes she goes back and forth. Or is this a game of spin the wheel and this is what happens? And I, I feel, feel like yeah. That, I, I, yeah, I think I think it's spin the wheel this time. Mm-hmm. Because And I know we we talk about that a lot. Like we can't know if it's this or that, but and yeah. and I'm sure that's exhausting for listeners, but like <laughs> I feel like that it's exhausting like that for at the us end of too. The, exactly, at the end of the day, that's really the, the problem that we have with the writing is that like I want to say that there's a reason behind this and it's all a thought, but like we have clearly seen episode you know up in not season six but everything else and so we kind of have an idea of yeah but no so yeah, yeah that's the, anyway that's why I, I i question it being quinn of all of i of all of them i could see quinn i could probably even see rachel doing it as as just being angry at at you know everybody else and um but um in any case the idea that it's something that people would care about. I, I I agree with you. I don't know anybody in my high school that, I mean, like, we may have talked about things like rumors and gossip, but, like, nothing that would have been, like, oh, my God, that is life-changing mm-hmm. or put it down in the paper or anything like that. Um, yeah. It also does, it also does um, frustrate, upset, anger, all of those words and various other synonyms that Sue's the one that releases it. Cause I like Sue, but I forgot some of the shitty stuff she did in season one. So it's been an interesting rewatch to kind of go, Oh, God, you fucking did that. Holy shit. You, oh, okay. You're an asshole. Yeah. I mean like what kind of, well, as we said, what late thirties, forties, uh, Sue, Sue is timeless. She's 400 years old. She's a fucking time Lord. I know she is. FYI. Um, Sue is the master, literally, didn't we know? Um, sorry, uh, sidebar, but yeah, not not sure why somebody it's like positing, positing it to you ladies. Would you release a, a list detailing sexual exploits of children because you are upset that one of them did a thing to, to get at you and to get petty revenge on said children? No, I'm I'm gonna take a risk and go with no. Yeah, I, I'm like, also, I feel like I also wouldn't work at a school. I mean, I think I could say so. none of us would work with children, but also <laughs> if uh, if if push no. came to shove and we had to, <laughs> I would release a list of prominent Republicans who have been caught with sex workers. I mean, but see, again, those aren't children. Mentally. I mean, that's fair, but like, <laughs> uh, yeah, no, I certainly would not. And it honestly, it doesn't seem like even Sue would. She has her moments yeah. of connection with these kids, even even in season one. She mm-hmm. has moments where, you know, it's not even tough love. It's just it's a moment of humanity, which is interesting and well-deserved that I I don't even think that she would do this. Honestly, Shu might. Yeah, I mean, she established he has questionable thoughts and morals like, and things. 
shoe frames people with drugs and lockers. Like, mm-hmm. he, he might do, do this. And Shu would think he was doing the right thing, as well as the show would frame it as though he was doing the right thing. Yeah, for sure. And he would also put himself on top of the list. Yeah. Which is not where he belongs. Do you think this is then a case of where Glee tries to be so dark humor, black humor, that they go over the line and don't realize that they've gone over the line? Uh, It doesn't even feel like dark humor it feels like revenge it doesn't i I don't know i didn't read it as them trying to have dark humor i just read it as or i guess watched Mm it as um what might someone like like how far would sue go to get back at being humiliated and not Mm -hmm. not uh dark humor although maybe that wasn't their intention and they just suck you know i mean that's always the case with this show, isn't it? Uh, yes. <laughs> I just, I, it reminded me a little bit of the, um, of like rape jokes and, um, you know, other jokes that they've made. And it always comes down to like, in the end, I feel like sexual humor where I start to feel like you guys try to make, um, make things funny or, or make some point, but when it comes to women and their relation to sex or, or anything related to that, you guys just really have no perspective as gay and or pretending to be straight um, or straight, whatever. Uh, Men. I do think that the line Brittany says in maybe later in the season or maybe it's season two where, uh, they're, I think they're, I don't remember what precipitates the conversation, but she says the thing about how someone came into her, her tent. Oh, uh, and it's yeah, very, it's yeah. very obvious that like sex was involved and for everybody else, you're like, oh, that's rape. I think that was uh, the show going for dark humor and missing the uh-huh. point of how serious that kind of a thing is and how, like how it happens. So I think that kind of a joke was meant for that dark black humor where this just doesn't even feel to me like it has the same attempt. Where they're not even trying for humor, but they're just missing. Yeah. Missing some of it. Yeah. Okay. But that's just me. I, I mean, I can hear you. I don't, I don't, I think maybe black humor was perhaps the, the incorrect phrase, but just that they're trying to make it seem not, not, not light making it light of it, but like not making it seem as a invasive and, oh my God, what the fuck are you doing? Mm-hmm. Kind of a thing that it is. Yeah. So, um, but yeah, I, I, I agree. I don't think it, humor maybe is correct, is the yeah. incorrect um, phrase for it. Yeah. Um, so then kind of, I guess, going back, well, the I did have one other point I'm flipping through my notes here because there was something other that like Brittany said as far as like being upset by like what like her number or whatever despite having like made out with like everybody and the janitor mm-hmm. and it really rubbed me the wrong way I don't like how they've written Brittany yeah in no. this sense I don't know I I would not describe myself as a prude I don't know many people that would if you would, please step forward. Um, I don't know. I've read your fic. 
<laughs> I was gonna say if you've not read my site, please, please. I, Mandy, would you like to? Would you consider me a prude? <laughs> no. Take silence as a no. <laughs> Take that as a no. But um, but yeah, it really, I just, it really rubs me the wrong way having having yeah. uh, the way they the way they were stuff with Brittany. So it's like and the janitor. I don't I don't know. It's just. I mean, they, they give her a, a baby mentality and then yes. put her in adult sexual situations. And it just, it, it's. Uh, yeah. I mean, like. especially it's something that gets progressively worse with Brittany as she's given more mm-hmm. lines, actually. It's like she was definitely meant to be a background character who just says random stupid shit once in a while. They're like, oh, that's funny. That girl is an idiot. And then the more yeah. they try to make her a character, they just don't know how to do it because they've set her up as such an idiot. And there's a point where someone has to have a level of intelligence to make conscious, rational decisions. And she doesn't always seem to have that, right? Like we were saying, like there's a, her baby mentality makes her hard to take seriously and create a character because like what, well, and then of course, spoiler alert for anyone who hasn't seen these later episodes, please turn off your uh, listening device of choice. She's apparently a genius which is such and, I, and a, it's like it's such a nonsense u-turn that you're like did you how dumb do you think we are like her being a genius isn't even interesting it's just lame so all these steps that all her little phrases and sayings and things that like lead up they don't it's it, it's inane and it she gets to be the punching bag for anything that they just need to throw away a line for and it sucks because santana deserves better well and i also feel like that's just like retconning to be like oh, yeah for telling sure. telling instead of instead of showing like we're going to tell you she's a genius instead of actually showing you she's secretly a genius even though she may have no common sense well so, right like yeah. like in the background seeing her test papers that always have 150 percent on them or something not that she has but it's not what I meant to say. But I think there was a previous episode where, isn't it like a Spanish test or something? She just totally didn't even fill in an answer. Or am I, did I dream that? Uh-huh. Right? So there's like, it, it's already been set up that she can't even take a Spanish test. So... I mean, they could, even, they could even go so far as to say, okay, maybe she doesn't test well or she doesn't know. If yeah. she like randomly would spout like, you know, I the like pi to the 32nd number or just like string theory or yeah. like you know where she just go off on like random tangents of like really really high level things i go with it but like yeah nah. Yeah. nah so but anyway um so that, that aside, that's a bit of a tangent but yes <laughs> yes it i was. agree but yeah no it 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 skeeved me out but that that aside back to back to sue and and her whole, you know, plotline in this in this video. Um, she goes. She talks to her sister. So I will say, Sue and Jean, Sue and her sister, are one of the threads of of continuity that that Glee seems to actually hit. Yes, I think so. Um, and I think that's that's quite nice, considering um, sad that it's one of the few, but that that's that does exist. Um, and then she goes and talks to Emma. Yeah. Which then will kick off 
I'd like to say the the shoe and all of his shit. <sighs> yeah, I'm just Mandy. Wasn't it you that said anytime there was a there was another female, oh, like uh, over like thirty on the show, he has to have some sort of like relationship. Oh, absolutely. With them, so yeah, they didn't know what else to do with adult women characters besides other shoe. than. Except so it's Carol, sort of like I guess. Just, well, that's because it's because Carol's amazing and a nurse, maybe. Um, <laughs> possibly a nurse. Possibly a nurse, and and with Bert, but like it, this is this is like the culmination of. Oh, I'm sorry, baby. I still love you. Not here for it, Sue. Sue, either one of you. Yeah, I just I'm so tired of them, and like I know we're supposed to root for them, and I just. Although this is a problem I have with a lot of uh, on-off relation, like especially heterosexual relationships on TV shows, like because you tell me that I'm supposed to care about this, I don't. And uh-huh. but like everything that happens with Emma and Shu, I'm just like, F- no, Emma, you are right. You don't need any of this. Like she's working on her shit, and she is better than Shu, and she needs to get the fuck out of there. Um, Emma, you are a strong, independent woman who doesn't need no man, especially that. Yeah. It's just like, how, the way the show is written, like, how else am I supposed to feel about Shu? Does this, do the writers think that, do they think that they're making him a sympathetic character, or do they, do they think they're making a complicated person? Do they, like, I I don't know what they think they're doing with him. I mean, I for, for risk of, tra- of of saying, let's jump into Ryan Murphy's mindset, which is a terrifying place to be. Do that. I know, but this this is a good <laughs> question, and I and I think it's I think it's something that that we can you know break apart here. Like, what what do they think they are doing with Shu, and when they when they show him with a variety of other women, and then saying and doing the shit that he's doing. Um, I think you're right when you say, I, I assume, they go, oh, he's complicated, it's difficult, there's a lot of stuff they're working between, or working through. That's how I assume they see it. But, I mean, what, how, yeah. how, how does, you know, jumping from, like, woman to woman or anything like that consider, I guess, be complicated? I, I don't know. I've, yeah, I... Uh, I don't have. I don't know. If anybody just... has insight into Ryan Murphy's brain or why this might be the case, we would love to hear from you. I mean, maybe we don't know. like like I don't want to say that as three women we can't delve into the mind of a male character because like that's such bullshit. But like, is there something we're missing about Shu that we're supposed to uh-huh. to? to be attract not that like physically attracted to but like is there a, a personality trait that we're supposed to be attracted yeah emotionally attracted to because i i got i got nothing other than annoyance yeah. and i don't know how the writers think they're doing and like you just said like i don't see how they could imagine that what he's done in the last 17 episode amounts to anything other than a whiny piss baby man baby who shouldn't have a teaching license and shouldn't be sad like shouldn't be feeling sorry for himself 
and and for for uh, fear of sounding of of saying phrases that are overused, um, I don't know. Maybe if this is the fault of us, the three of us being quote unquote, can you be woke in a in a in a like patriarchy sense, or is woke just for like racial sense? I, I think it's either. I mean, because of its origins, I think it's meant to be specifically Racially. for the the racial tensions. But I'm sure, Fair enough. I'm sure maybe you could be like woke esque, or or maybe that someone has coined another word to reference down with the patriarchy for, sentiment. Fair enough. I I will I will leave it for for racial then. Um, but the fact that we are aware of patriarchal um, overtures as much as we are. I, I would go so far as to say I think all three of us would very much identify as feminists and are very much antithetical to the whole white man's, you know, pity me, my struggle. And I don't yeah. know if because we are very much um, aware of, of that in culture and in pop culture and, and our own thoughts on that, if that makes it easier for us to go to see that in him and then go, wow what a dick whereas somebody whereas an actual you know white man may not be as uh, it may not turn them off as easily or as quickly or they may not recognize it as much or as easily as we do maybe that's why they think it seems shu seems like a complicated character that has a lot of emotional struggles whereas we just see a whiny white man baby who doesn't understand why things aren't given to him but he's also a dick. So <laughs> he's also a dick. That's yeah. the only thing that's that's the only thing I've got is just that that we are you know we're aware of it more as intelligent women. <laughs> they're not because they're men. It might be it might be that simple. Like they just lack perspective as male writers to be like. Isn't isn't Shu so sympathetic because he's going through all of these things? Like you mean these things that he's caused? Well, in and and for fear of derailing this, and I and I and I apologize now. Um, it reminds me a little bit of a Tumblr post I saw a while back um, that was dealing with Sherlock, and um, the the uh, the showrunner who was really upset at the number of women who kept saying, "No, there's chemistry between Sherlock and John Watson," and he goes, "No, there's not," and it's like, "No, but we see it," and yeah. it's like, "Don't tell us." that what we do not see because as women we are sort of keyed to seeing and understanding you know certain looks from men just because that can be a very you know that right. can lead to bad things for us so Life we know that don't tell sometimes so like don't tell us we don't see these things we get them even though that may not be your intention you may not be able to see it but we can and i wonder mm-hmm. if that's the case here with shoe I'm bringing it back around and that it's maybe they just can't see it because that's, that's not their intention. They don't have that mindset. Whereas we can, and we do, so we're able to. Uh, this was, yeah. Seems sorry. Sure. I get very worked up on shoe. I apologize. <laughs> I mean, I, I could have like a whole other separate rant about the BBC Sherlock. So that's a whole other <laughs> Uh, we'll have a whole we'll, yeah that will be part of our um our patreon that's an episode <laughs> that's an episode called what do you mean they're not gay <laughs> and then it's just 
45 <laughs> minutes of me and uh, like a PowerPoint presentation. I'm, I'm, nobody I'm, can see because it's it, a podcast. But that, believe that would me, almost make it, would, it better. Yeah, it just, I'm just pointing at nothing that anyone can see. As you see here on slide 12, Watson, like, shut up, Emily, it's a podcast. Mandy and I will be eating the popcorn and, like, encouraging <laughs> you for this one. They're like, no, um, what, what did he say? Oh, all right. So that's. Do we need to go any further with Shu? I feel like we've I feel like we've beat this horse at least for this episode. Apologies to all horses. I I don't mean to. No, I think I think we're good. I think we've. Yeah, I think we're good. He doesn't cool. need he doesn't need he any more of our to... time. He really doesn't. Um, and yet I give him so much of my emotional rage. I wish I could turn it off. <laughs> I feel that way about a lot of things. You don't deserve my feelings, and yet I can't stop. Ah, Trump. That's another um, podcast. Uh, pretty sure it's another series. A whole other series. Uh, okay. That would be a cool series, the You Don't Deserve My Feelings, and it's just ranting about things we don't want to care about. Coming this fall. <laughs> Us pitching, uh, we each get to pick, and we run with a thing for that day. Yeah, it, they're half-hour episodes. We each get one thing in ten minutes to complain about, and that's it. And then it's you, cut off and doesn't get to come back again. That does I, sound like therapy, but I'm into it. Yeah, but it's but it's therapy like, without honestly, the copay. <laughs> it's it's therapy minus the copay and having to travel to the therapist's office. Yeah, no, I'm I'm Perfect. definitely into it. Well, I'll cool. start the new like, website. Listeners, this this may be a thing that's actually happening, so we'll <laughs> let you know. <laughs> You don't deserve um, my feelings.com. <laughs> and saved. Um, cool. So uh, on on the note of you don't deserve my feelings, uh, run, Joey, run. That's uh, great. Um, yeah, this is still a thing that exists. And it's uh, it's <laughs> so it's so fabulously terrible. And it's so campy and kitschy. And like, it doesn't. It serves no purpose other than to make the guys mad at um, Rachel. But the overacting and the underacting and the the black and white French film circa 1936, like it's fabulous. And the whole show should have been filmed like this. Did you guys find yourself actually enjoying it? Like uh, to the point where it was so bad it was almost enjoyable? Yeah, like, yes. Yeah, I, I think so. Yeah, so bad. I wouldn't say that it's good, but so bad right. that it's compelling. Were you just going, oh my God. Yeah, I was like, um, like this is the height of her acting abilities right here. Yeah. Also, I'm, I'm, I'm here for the girl being like, no, nah, I'm going to make you all my boyfriend. Like, yeah, do it. That, that too, like the one woman, four guys or three guys or however many it was, like, all right. You do it. You go. go, you for it, go. Girl. Rachel, you you date around and you decide who you're gonna be with in this episode because it changes. Um, yeah. if we had to pick between the three, who do we who do we think uh the best the best boyfriend for Rachel here? Oh, it's Seriously, always we've Jesse. had we've definitely gone into definitely yeah, Jesse. Yeah. I feel like I feel like some of us are only choosing between two, which is fair. Uh, but, yes, because uh, yeah. there were only two. I definitely agree. 
And between I mean, Jesse and Finn, we've decided Jesse's definitely better for Rachel. Yeah. It, like, yes, canonically in the text of the show, Jesse makes more sense. Come at us, Finchel supporters. We hear you. We see you. We acknowledge you. And we disagree. Hashtag Team Jesse. <laughs> Hashtag Jesse for life with the number four and a Y. What was, what was Jesse Rachel's name? Uh, Jess, was it Rachel's? Rachel St. James? I don't know. Jesse. Let me, let me do some Googling because I honestly don't know. Do the Google? Because I don't remember a fandom that had so many um, names as this one did. Oh, St. Barry. Ah, yes. It was St. Barry. Yeah. Hashtag St. Barry for number four, L-Y-F-E. L-Y-F-E. Live. Live. Mm-hmm. 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 Howie Roll here on the podcast. And look, we accept your disagreements, and that's fine, but this is our podcast. You're just wrong. <laughs> or that, or that. This is um, our forum to discuss. You make your own. Or leave us comments and we'll answer them. Acknowledge. We'll answer them and acknowledge them in, well, in, in order. Yeah. Um, and if you can so, make a compelling enough argument against us, we'll send you a playbill. Exactly. Now, Jesse um, breaks up with Rachel over this. Yeah. My question I mean, to you is: they weren't the really... most Rachel thing to ever for somebody to ever do, or the most Rachel thing for somebody to ever do? Um. Yeah, it's pretty Rachel. Are we talking about Total Eclipse of the Heart? Uh. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Yes. <laughs> sorry. Sorry. Um, sorry. Yeah. Yeah. You know what's interesting is I. I forgot that she was supposed to have a ballet background, even though it's mentioned mm-hmm. a couple times. Like, isn't that something that would be interesting for her to, like, also be pursuing in her laundry list of extracurriculars? Like, oh, I have a slightly different body type than all the other ballerinas, but I'm still passionate about it, and I want to blah, 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 blah. Like, again, I'm kind of glad. Also, you think they... she'd hang out with Brittany, Brittany and, and, and Mike more. But I did. Yeah, right? As, da- as dancers. Um, you know... Mm-hmm. My my problem with Total Eclipse of the Heart is I'm such a fan of the song that the the scene is so underwhelming for such an 80s uh, laser light I bad see- Yeah, it's like it needed more than soft ballet dancing, I thought. Like, I would have rather there been something else happening during that. Um, my problem with Total Eclipse of the Heart is that I can't hear the song and not think of the uh, the bad music video. Uh, would we call that music video bad? No, no, no. I'm sorry. The one, the literal music video, the one oh. where they made the song that was like singing the song as if it was showing what the. You know what? We're gonna fucking link it on our on our Tumblr because <laughs> now I don't know if you guys have seen this, I've, but it's I've amazing. Made... I may not know what you're talking about. I'm sharing it with you ladies later. We're putting yeah. it on our Tumblr. Everybody needs to fucking see this video. Um, it, they're basically, the, they're singing what is happening in the music video to the tune of the song. Oh. And if you've seen the music video, it's fucking bonkers. Yeah, okay. And, and it's, it's amazing. And so now I can't hear the song without thinking of that song. Got and it. Okay. that 
yeah. But no, I'm, I'm we're sharing it because everybody needs to see it. I'm picking up what you're putting down now. Cool, 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 cool. I was not explaining it well. It's okay. Anyway, that, that, that was my issue. Well. It was just <laughs> I had I had thoughts, and and they were ma- making me think of other things, and it was complicated. Uh, I mean, if we're talking about things that bother us, if we're going to make a quick jump away from your outline, um, the biggest problem back, with back this, to our other podcast. The, my biggest problem with this episode is that they don't do bad reputation uh, by Joan Jett and the Blackhearts, and I'm assuming that they are too punk rock to let Glee have the rights. That sounds legit. But it would have been um, a great song for one of them to have tried to sing because none of them really have the voice for this. Um, I feel like Artie could try to pull it off. Basically, this is yeah. just me, my Kevin Stan coming out. No, that's I'm fair. I think he really could. Um, I mean, maybe Santana. That she would have been a good choice. Maybe Santana. I feel, I feel like a logical and, choice too. Yeah. It's, it's sad that at this point Santana wasn't really getting songs yet. I know. Yeah. And jumping away from my my outline, which by the way we've kind of gone through. Oh, okay. But kind yeah. of going, kind of going into into and off of what you said, singing songs about bad reputation. Do we think it's a good idea that Will was like, let's embrace this and sing songs about bad reputation? Well, and no, like, that's a loaded question. The <laughs> and the way he's doing it, it's it's not songs about bad reputations. It's songs that have bad reputations, and frankly, people love Total Eclipse of the Heart, like. I have never uh-huh. been karaokeing without singing Total Eclipse of the Heart. Like, you just, you have to end the night with it or else you haven't actually been karaokeing. And I wouldn't... And I think... Yeah, I, I feel like oh, these were just, again, it's whoever picks the songs, but, like, these aren't songs with bad reputations. At least do it right. Yeah, or or just acknowledge... I mean, I don't know if... I don't know if Vanilla, you know, Ice Ice Baby has a bad reputation or it's just a cheesy song. Like, right, yeah. Like, that's just, the song's just cheesy. I, I don't know about the, um, the, the Around Run, Joey Run, that song, aside from the Glee references to it. So, yeah, I, I can't speak I, to that one. Yeah, that's not a song I'd ever even heard of before Glee. So, uh-huh. I don't, I just don't care. So, um, thoughts on, on how, I guess, then, uh, jumping off of that, how the term or the phrase, the, the title "bad reputation" really worked for this for this show or for this episode. I I think it was a stretch for Glee to try to make us think that the Glee Club had bad reputations. I think the school doesn't care enough about them to give them reputations. Uh-huh. Right? Like I I think. I think one of them could have had a bad reputation, but to say that the entire Glee Club was getting bad reputations gives them more yeah. power over the other students than they seem to have. Like, they're getting slushy. You don't, you don't slushy people who have, like, a bad reputation. You avoid them because they might do something to you. Yeah. Now, it just seemed dumb. What? Stretch. I think that's a fair explanation of it. Um, Mandy, what about you? I, I think they did the Glee thing where it was like an easy, obvious name and they did not put any thought into it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Done. Easy. <laughs> yeah, it was like, oh, what's... Give me two words that this episode's about. Let's not really think about, you know, context or how much it freely applies. Yeah, really. And they um, were just like, 
oh, a bad reputation is funny. I'm like, okay. Yeah, I mean, the, what the would you? The fact that they don't have bad reputations is like really. It's again that inconsistent storytelling. It's like, so are they completely ignored and beat up, or are we supposed to think that the school changes how they think about them for this episode and this episode alone, or whatever? And never, never thought of again. Yeah. Now, what would you have liked to have seen in this in this episode for it to feel like for it to to fulfill the um, I guess the theme of bad reputation? What did it need for that? I, uh, one character, maybe like like you were saying, you know, one concrete storyline that made sense. Okay. Honestly, Quinn's yes. might have made sense. Like if yeah. they wanted to say Quinn had a bad reputation. Right. Because she is the pregnant teenager now, that probably would have made a lot more sense and been more coherent. Yes. But instead, or, they almost um, did like the opposite. Right. Yeah, they made her sympathetic somehow yeah. because she's sad and doesn't feel part of this. Also, um, what's his face? Which you know, he who must not be named. But like, Puck has <laughs> been a bully in the past. If anyone, mm-hmm. he would have a reputation as someone who dumps people in dumpsters and calls names and picks fights and doesn't do his homework like that. You, he is someone who could also have a bad reputation. It didn't, you know, the whole fucking glee club. Mm-hmm. Unless there's it feels like, like it would have made an sense. underground glee it's... club fight club. Excuse me. That is Blaine and that is Blaine's glee club. He's not there yet. We almost made it a whole episode without talking about him, Matt. Fuck it, I'm not going to let us do that. (laughs) (laughs) We almost made it. Almost made it. Not going to happen. It almost feels like this episode then would have made more sense when we had uh, Skank Quinn show up. Oh, yeah. Mm -hmm. As sort of a a nod to uh, Quinn's you know, change in how and how she sees herself. And maybe maybe that would have sold it a little bit more. Mm-hmm. Then mm-hmm. we're all going to wear MC Hammer pants, and therefore we right. now have a bad reputation. You do, just not the reputation you think you have. Because <laughs> you put those pants on. We're so bad, we went into the library. Oh, oh. Yeah. I can't do that. I can't do that. But anyway. Mm-hmm. That was MC Hammer, not Vanilla Ice. Anyway, so um, on a scale of one to five, what? How many Kevin's are we giving this? Uh, he gets to sing most of "Can't Touch This." Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, but honestly, I don't remember anything else he does in the episode other than, uh, yeah, that's all I can. Oh, I did. However, <laughs> I I did enjoy "Can't Touch This." It's fun. Yeah. I in did a, in a way that I didn't enjoy anything else in any other song in the episode. Yeah, there's a moment in Ice Ice Baby where like um Shu is pulling everybody up to dance and he like gla- he like halfway goes over to Artie who just like puts his hands up and then that's like, <laughs> the only indication of like guys, remember he's in a wheelchair. <laughs> way to make him feel left can't. out yet again. I thought that was funny. Uh, yeah, so I, I don't I know. Like, I feel like it's a solid two. Two? You think? Is that solo? Is that, is that too high? I think that's too high, because I don't think we've given a two out before, and it's not even like you had a storyline. What did we give? Maybe, 
hold on. What do we give for um, uh, wheels? Maybe I just really liked that song. <laughs> it's like it can't it can't be above wheels. Yeah, fair. Because that was a that was a uh, an arty episode. So, dare you almost call him shoe? I know. I felt it coming. Oh, okay. <laughs> we gave uh, that episode three whole Kevins. So maybe See? this one is like one and a half because he okay. gets he I gets can... a solo but no storyline. Yeah, I would. I will accept one and a half. Okay, I'm gonna make a note for a fun, cheesy uh, solo. Okay. Um, I was gonna say I think we gave we gave like a half or a three fourths to Kevin for him just being in a cape costume. So like. Yeah, that was a pretty exceptional fuck. cape costume. It was, to be fair. All right. So, do we have um, a favorite song or a favorite line in the episode that stuck out to us? I enjoyed "Can't Touch This" just because I enjoyed that song to a weird degree. Um, anybody else? Um, I, 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 I don't know. I, I like I, 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 "Clips I, of the Heart" just because I like the song, and mm-hmm. I like. Uh, Jesse, I'm gonna oh, go with. Jessie. I'm gonna go with that one. I mean, like, Mandy, honestly, did you have a favorite? I I didn't super love any of the music in this one. I I do think Run Joy Run is funny, which kind of made it my favorite, I guess, just because of how ridiculous it is. Yeah. But just like music wise, I this was not an episode that I really loved. Mm-hmm. All right. Well, we um. We, we we talked about Sue and the glyphs and how very not appropriate they they are and dove into Shu and and the idea behind why he exists and makes the choices he makes. God only we haven't figured it out. <laughs> Listeners, if you know, please let us know. Um, talked a bit about Run Joey Run um, and how ridiculous it is and and we're not against it. Um, and our favorite song and, uh, what we, what we felt about Artie in this episode and yeah, any, any final thoughts, opinions, haikus? No. No. <laughs> no. I so, mean, if you guys have haikus or thoughts or opinions about this episode that we didn't cover, uh, oh, let us oh, know. And our, yes. Yeah. Well, I was going to say yours too, guys, oh. if you guys have them, but also Please. if they have them. They being the listeners, if they have them, let us know in our right. ask box on our Twitter. We uh, we are open and wanting to hear what you guys think. And uh, of course, rate if you up. if you are gonna say, don't forget rate and subscribe on iTunes if we're gonna start plugging because like why not? Yeah, and also you can also find us on Spotify. Yeah, uh, as well we are there now, and that is your preferred method of downloading and listening. You can find our Melody's voices there. Uh, we're on <laughs> Tumblr, Twitter, uh, not on the Facebook because of reasons. Um, because Facebook is terrible. Facebook is the <laughs> actual worst. We it know is. what would happen we're if we put this up on Facebook. We are, we are avoiding it for that reason. Um, but yeah, so rate, subscribe, uh, follow us wherever, wherever you prefer podcasts. Leave, send us thoughts and opinions and haikus because we're needy and we like we, we like attention and you may get a playbill and, and you might get a playbill yeah you, you may get a playbill how yeah. about that mm-hmm. yeah if you write us All a right. haiku you might get a playbill Definitely. 
right. With uh, with that, I'll say uh, thanks for listening, and that's what you missed on Glee. Will your child be ready for kindergarten? At Chesterbrook Academy Preschool, the answer is yes. Our curriculum offers the perfect balance of learning and play. Our teachers personalize that experience for each child through engaging activities that develop the skills they need to be ready for what comes next. Attend a Chesterbrook Academy open house on Saturday, January 25th from 10 a.m. to 1 p.m. To find a preschool near you, click the banner or visit chesterbrookacademy.com. That's chesterbrookacademy.com. At Farmers Insurance, we know a thing or two because we've seen a thing or two. Whether it's a rear end by a clown car, <laughs> or a grizzly taking a quick dip in a pool. We know home and auto insurance, and we know you could save an average of 20% when you bundle the two. Visit farmers.com or call 1 800 Farmers to get a quote today. We are farmers. Bum, 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 bum. Reported 2018 nationwide average savings underwritten by Farmers Truck Fire Insurance Exchanges and Affiliates. Products not available in every state.